You are listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Joya Sosnowski. My motto is, if you can believe it and conceive it, then you can definitely achieve it. I'm here with a simple mission to help raise the vibe of the planet. My guest today is Brian Russell, who will be talking to us about centering prayer. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, Brian. Welcome to The Powerful Creator Show. Thank you, Cheryl. It's so great to be with you today. I'm super excited to talk to you. So let's kick off our conversation with my favorite question, which is share what it means to you to be a powerful creator. Yeah, I, I really love that question, uh, too, and starting to think about how to answer it. And and I think uh, the words that came to mind was one of my mentors uh, named Bob Tuttle. He's, he's in his 80s now, but uh, he always said uh, kind of the key to life is to uh, show up pay attention and remember that God's got more invested in what's happening than you do. And so uh, I would say that's what it means to be a powerful creator, essentially get out of your own space mm. and pay attention and, and be your authentic self in the world. I love that. So what does showing up since he's your mentor, what does showing up mean to you? Yeah, for, for me, uh, as again, I'm, I've been a professor for 20 some years now. So I've made, you know, my living thinking a lot. So for me, showing up has been it has been learning to embrace really contemplative practices, so that I'm not just living in my head and thinking about what how the how the world could be, but actually being present with whoever I'm talking to like you right now, and, and hopefully all the folks that are listening down the road, just showing up and uh, basically focusing less on, on the what and more about embodying um, the how of, of living. One of my favorite uh, expressions is having skin in the game, meaning not just come up with interesting ideas and theories, but literally living things out and embodying the beliefs and the values that I claim to, to, to hold dear. Mm, yeah, so important. Embodiment is such a key that's missing, I think, with so many practices. Yes, yeah. Do you find that contemplative practice helps you to learn to embody your values and your wisdom? Yeah, you know, without without a doubt, um, the 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 last uh, ten years of of my life has been sort of moving into a two point or maybe even a three point version, and and it's been all about um, been essentially meditating using uh, centering prayer for almost ten years now, and then and I journal every day. I've always been a journaler, but I've been really intentional about the type of journaling that I've done, and those are essentially two solitude practices that have basically allowed me to learn more about myself than I probably would care to know. And, uh, and, and has brought me into a reality where I'm more and more as I've gotten older, uh, again, not perfect on any of these things, but right. more and more curious, less and less attempting just to immediately judge things with my brain. And so that's, that's been the biggest difference. And that's in those pra the contemplative practices have really helped me. Wow. Okay. You said so many things there that my mind is just going bing, like lighting up. And first of all, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes ever in the whole world is from Lily Tomlin, where she said, self-discovery is not necessarily good news. <laughs> and I love that. And I say at first. So right, right. talk about, let's talk about the quality and what it means to pay attention. This has been something that I have actually been, um, applying in my own life and what it means to pay attention. So I would love to hear your view of what that means. Yeah, it means a, a couple of different things. Like 
when after I went through, I went through a really painful divorce after a 20 year marriage um, uh, 10 years ago. And we, again, we don't have to really get into the, the details, but basically I literally find myself one day I'm married the next day and find out I'm not going to be married anymore and mm -hmm. had to take care of two little girls uh, by myself and uh, for a, for a season. And, and, you know, it completely just freaked me out and, um, and <clears throat> caused me to just my brain. A friend of mine told me that, Hey, Brian, you sound like you're losing your mind. And I probably was because I talk fast anyway. So I guess I was really talking fast this day. And so I kind of went for, I went for a walk literally. And then, and I'm walking roads I'd walked many times and, uh, but I, you know, I didn't have any music with me, no pot. And I didn't have a podcast. I just remember walking down this path and all of a sudden I heard a bird kind of singing um again no big deal other than i actually heard it and i looked up and i just noticed in a moment like everything just kind of froze and uh, saw leaves saw flowers smelled them heard the birds saw it was nesting i realized like wow and i just felt like um um i was fully present maybe for the first time ever because i wasn't just thinking about stuff and i realized like wow i've been missing my this my whole life i've been walking with my head down thinking instead of with my head up looking at things so you know what i would say would be two things the first thing would, would be realizing for me that the world that existed in the thoughts that i had isn't the same as the world that actually is that was a key insight and then the other thing that i've really paid attention to was um how does my body feel because i noticed um again back in those days i just felt terrible because i was you know in grieving mourning afraid all that stuff but even after I realized, okay, I'm going to be okay, I just started noticing like, you know what, my stomach, I always feel super anxious, I can feel tightness in the back of my neck, feel tightness around my heart sometimes. And I just started paying attention to these sensations in my own body. So and again, I became embodied. And I use those as markers, both recognizing that my thoughts aren't necessarily indicative of who I really am. And then my body itself has given me these smoke signals that something's wrong and I need to pay attention to what, what really is might be underneath all that. Mm, and there's so much power when you learn how to be with what is and be present with what's happening in your body. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah one of my favorite books is a book called the body keeps the score. I read yeah. it uh, you know, um, recently and it seems like uh, that connects with a lot of people, but it's, um, that's been really powerful. So a lot of my journaling was like, what's bothering me? What else? I would just kind of uh, sort of give myself psychotherapy, trying to peel underneath a sensation to figure out, you know, why do I feel that way? And also just being, I'm not going to be content to live feeling anxious or guilty or ashamed without having a good reason to feel those things. And there's never a good reason to feel those things. Like guilt is, well, guilt and shame, I feel like are different. Guilt is, uh, for me, guilt is an indicator that I've made a mistake and I need to correct it. Shame yeah. is when I beat myself up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously we can do stuff that we, you know, if, if I'm not living according to my values, may have a, a reason for that. But a lot of times, both guilt and shame, it's more, um, uh, it's just false. It's just bad news that we dump on ourselves because yeah. we've either been victimized by something or we think we should do something and it's somebody else's life that we feel guilty for not living. And that's, um, right. that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes no sense. It's very irrational. And you know, it's really interesting because I just recently read that we, that human beings create, well, we get about 10,000 bits of information bombarded into our energy system every moment, but the brain only deciphers about nine bits of information. So like we're nine bit brain humans. No wonder the world is all messed up. Everyone's <laughs> operating on nine bits as if it's real. <laughs> 
good. And all there is, right? So let's talk about um, what you do and this quality of centering prayer and how that's changed your life or especially like Brian 3.0. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do. I, I, you know, I have a, I really have a, um, a pretty wonderful life. I, even when I was a little kid growing up, um, you know, I was um, pretty good in school. I grew up in a working class family in Ohio. So I was the first one to make it through college. And I went all the way through to the PhD stuff. So I did the whole deal. But uh, so I never quite fit in when I was growing up because I was kind of, um, I don't know, probably the annoying smart kid among um, just in a, again, like I grew up in Akron, Ohio, which right. when I was young, they, they built most of the tires that were on cars. And so it was all these industrial jobs and yeah. uh, that wasn't going to be me. So when I, I learned how to read really young, so I was reading all these thick books. So I kind of always wanted to be a professor, believe it or not. Now it did shift into religion as I you know grew up in the church and um, felt like I had a call to, to like ministry. So I've been a pastor in the past, for example, uh, uh, too. So, so what, what do I do? I teach, um, I teach um, biblical studies for a seminary, which means I, tra- I train pastors. And then as I've basically bounced back from um, the, my, my own divorce, I've, I've gotten remarried to a wonderful uh, woman. And we just uh, we celebrate eight years together, even this, this past weekend. And that's been a blessing. But uh, we, 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 we created a spiritual partnership, basically. We both decided that, that our goal of our relationship was going to be to support one another in our, in our growth. And so, you know, meeting Astrid was a real blessing because it just opened me up to, to love that I guess I'd never really experienced. I mean, I hadn't really experienced that, that depth of love. And so that was kind of transformational for me. And then getting into the um, these spiritual practices that I already that I already talked about, um, that essentially unclogged me in some great way. Again, I'm still a work in progress, but what I noticed then about myself is I suddenly became a better professor. And I had one teacher of the year when I was a younger professor. So I've always been pretty good with students, but it was at a totally different level. I was actually engaging students and they were coming to me outside of class for, you know, to talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, to share the deepest parts of their lives that they felt like they couldn't sound. They were getting the signals from me that like I was open because I, w- I never shied away from what had happened to me and who I was. And, and so what that led me into essentially was, um, was coaching. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I've been, uh, I coach, um, coach a lot of pastors, um, but also, um, entrepreneurs, small business owners. And I just found that the, the journey that I went on myself of basically deconstructing and reconstructing, uh, put me in a position where I can really hold space for another, um, listen to that person, um, really, um, again, I would even say love the person that I'm listening to in the sense that I can um, really see them as a person loved authentically by God and help them to kind of free themselves from the places that they're stuck in. And it it tends to be exactly kind of what we already talked about. It's really fear, guilt, and shame seem to be the the chains that almost all of us humans put on ourselves. And I've been been able to help folks kind of break out of that and live um, out of a deeper, deeper space. So what I love that you said there um, with biblical study. So I grew up in a, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so I always say I'm a recovering Catholic <laughs> as an adult. And um, I've been studying and reading a lot the Aramaic words of Jesus and what uh-huh. like diving into the philosophy of the words and what they mean. And I love the um, do you know who Neil Douglas Klotz is? K-L-O-T-Z. 
I, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I know the name, but tell me, I'm not sure if I know or for sure or not. Well, he wrote a book and it's actually about, um, it's the Lord's prayer, but he broke oh. it down in the Aramaic, like line by line and all the different yeah. interpretations and meanings it could have. And one of the ones that I really love that you just said was, um, one of the interpretations was free ourselves from the chains with which we bind ourselves and others. And yeah. I love that because it's like exactly what you said. We, we chain ourselves up and we put ourselves in these prisons of fear and guilt and shame. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking that they're the only ones who feel that way. Yes. Yeah. 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 So have you written a book? Yeah, I, I've written, I mean, I've written several books over the course of my uh, career, but the, the book that's coming out that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a book on centering prayer. So this is a real shift for me because it's basically a book on, on Christian meditation or silent meditative prayer. It's called uh, Centering Prayer. Um, and then the publisher just changed the title, even since I reached out to you, the, the subtitle is now going to be sitting quietly in God's presence oh, and change that. your life. They were going to have how at the front there. So it's centering prayer call and sitting quietly in God's presence can change your life. And it comes out in uh, September 14th uh, with Paraclete Press. I'm super excited about it. September 14th. Oh, that's very soon. Yeah, so yeah. for people listening who don't know what it is, and I love, I love meditation. I'm an avid meditator. I do it every day. It's changed my life because it changes yes. the brain. So yeah. talk about centering prayer as a form of meditation and what that is and how it works. Yeah, it's, it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's a Christian practice it actually comes out of um, Roman Catholicism. It was because uh, there's uh, Christians have been meditating almost all the way back to the time of Jesus, but it comes out of the monastic movement that again, it would have been both Roman Catholic Catholics and also the Eastern Orthodox uh, persons that moved out in the desert. And considering mm -hmm. prayer is a, is a new word, this came around 1970, where some Cistercian monks, um, like some, a lot of the listeners may have heard of Thomas Merton. He's a yeah. fairly famous uh, spiritual writer, but this would have been his order. It wasn't Thomas Merton himself. He already passed away, but persons that would have been his contemporaries were noticing a lot lot of um, Christians were going and learning to do transcendental meditation, which is an, an Eastern form of meditation that's, you know, related to, to Hinduism. Right. And they're like, well, wait a second, we can teach you how to meditate. You don't have to change religions to learn how to do it. <laughs> and so, so centering prayer is, um, it's a lot like um, mindfulness meditation with the, the difference. And again, these are differences of degrees um, is, you know, in, in mindfulness meditation with some of your listeners probably know you, you just pay attention to your, the breath going in and out of your, your nose, essentially. And that's the focus. The focus for centering prayer is essentially just the silence itself and the assumption that you're sitting um, with, with, with a God who's out there somewhere. And our goal then isn't to deny our thoughts. It's essentially to observe your thoughts, which is similar to mindfulness right. Um, and then you're consciously surrendering the thoughts when you realize you're having one. If you're doing mindfulness, you go back to your breath and centering prayer. You use a word, um, a prayer word or a sacred word. Like I usually use Jesus since uh, mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm praying to Jesus, but you can use love or peace or joy or whatever word you want. And you just consciously kind of think um, you return to your intention that I'm just going to sit with God essentially. And that, that's what the practice is. And, you know, you can do that for uh, 20 minutes or as long as, uh, as you like, and you're essentially just saying my thought stream, regardless of whether it's a beautiful thought an inspired thought, uh, a meaningless, like what boy is this ever going to end thought, or even, um, a troubling thought because what happens is your your insides essentially upload or download everyone think about it so you'll see anger in yourself um you may see um 
um, any struggles you have with like, say, sexuality will, will show up, mm -hmm. um, gluttony, a greed, basically the seven deadly sins right. from the Christian tradition. Those were all things that monks observed in themselves when they were sitting in silence. So they aren't just these gotcha sins. These were people that thought they were holy and they find all the stuff still inside of them. And so the, and the whole process then is you're just using the prayer word and releasing those things to God. The um, best way to think about centering prayer is to remember the four R's. It's, um, you know, retain no thought, uh, react to no thought, um, return to the sacred word. And let's see, I'm forgetting an R here. Retain, react, um, uh, let's see, resist, resist no thought, and then return. So it's all oh, about when you catch yourself on the thought, you just use your prayer word and you return to the silence. And mm -hmm. uh, that's basically the method. And again, it's one of those things. I mean, you, you've, you said you're a meditator, you know, yeah. it's not like, um, it's not a quick fix. It's a practice and a process. And and it's over time, you can see um, really the collateral benefits, you know, for, from my perspective, the main benefit is, um, you know, you're hopefully opening yourself up to the divine in a way that, um, like for me, um, it's, it's about grace. It's like when I, when I've been in the, the most powerful religious experience I've ever had is have happened in centering prayer. When I really felt deep down inside 100% loved by God. And that's the game-changing transformation. And then you have these other benefits of probably getting calmer. I'd say I'm more present. I mean, these are all kind of side benefits, but the, the main thing is, um, what, what, is, is getting this experience where I can accept the fact that I'm unconditionally accepted by my creator. And that's been, that's changed everything for me, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I, I've had that feeling. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, it's like this yeah. expansive feeling. Well, for yes. me, it was like, it just felt, I just felt so expanded inside and so bursting with love, like heart boiling over with love. Yes. And that quality of attention and awareness and being, I feel like the more present you can be and the more you can pay attention and become aware that just by, by nature, you become more joyful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. That's been a, a side benefit and uh, uh, of, of just being more joyful. And also, it's also just the kind of the coolest thing is not reacting as much, or at least I can see myself before I react. And then you can either stop or you can get, you get a little bit more impulse control, it seems like too, which has been a, a real blessing. And that's, you know, it's helped me in coaching, teaching. It's made me a better husband, a better mm -hmm. father. I can just, it's, it's impacted every part of my life. Yeah. How does that quote go by, um, oh, what's his name? Where he says, uh, in between the space, we, we can create a space between thought and reaction. And that's where yeah. our power and choice lies. Yeah. 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 And it's so true. I think it's man's search for meaning, right? Is it? Uh, yes. Yes. That's that right. Victor Frankl. So, yeah, Correct. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm like thinking of the other guy. And I'm like, nope, that's not right. <laughs> so I'm glad you knew who it was. No, that's a great quote. I knew the quote when you said it. I was trying to think, yeah. where did that come from? But I think it's from that from Frankel. I yeah, you're it, yeah. absolutely right. And that is so true that that's exactly one of the the side effects of meditation and centering prayer, which I love that whole concept. And I, in all honesty, I haven't tried centering prayer, but it makes me want to to do that. So I, when I learned meditation i did vipassana practice which was noticing yeah. your thoughts kind of that same thing noticing your thoughts letting them go and envisioning them like clouds just letting them come and go come and go come and go and not be attached but just to pay attention to what you're even thinking about yeah and, and that is i mean that's the same that's the same phenomenon and then you know to me it's um 
just as a, as a Christian, um, I, I, I see that as the opportunity. God just kind of brings things out of your subconscious and it's an option of either our tendency is to jam it back down. Like, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be thinking that. But instead of like, wow, I'm sitting here again, this from my perspective, I'm sitting there. God must know what's going through my head. It just popped up. And so I can either jam it down and hide behind a tree like Adam and Eve did in the garden of Eden. Right. <laughs> or I can like, wow, God is, um, 100% accepting me right now. So I just need to return to my word and let this uh, troubling idea or a, a scary part of myself, just let it go. And let, and I think to me, that's, um, it's one of the ways that God can heal our lives and heal our hurts. It's, 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 so it's really profound. And you've experienced that. It sounds yeah. like so. Yeah. Have you found that over time, your you notice what you're consciously thinking about has changed? You know, I, I, yeah, I think actually it has like, I mean, it's so funny. I talk about this in my book. Like I thought something was wrong with me when I first started doing centering prayer, because I kind of got the instructions without knowing what was going to happen. And sometimes you think, you know, you've, even popular culture, oh, everybody should meditate. And then you do. And then it's like, first you're like overwhelmed with your thoughts and you think you're messing it up. But then like for me, um, when I first started, um, I noticed I would get thought loops of people that had wronged me in the past popping up and just thoughts about vengeance. So I had these kind of deep seated anger thoughts. And then it was also funny or troubling for me as I was also getting, I would also start thinking about sex when I was meditating. I'm like, Oh Lord have mercy. God's going to strike me dead here. I've got all this anger and I'm thinking about sex. And then I, I, what I realized started researching, I'm like, Oh, this is just parts of me popping up. And it's not like I never get angry or don't think about sex. I right. want to suggest that, but um, those were the things that kind of initially like, okay, I need, these are hurt parts of my life that need healing. Wow. And so, so then, you know, so just the different things happen now, I would say, yeah, I have different sorts of, um, of thoughts and, uh, but th those are the early pieces. And like I said, I literally thought I was doing it wrong until I started studying and part of my book, I deal with, the thoughts that are going to jump up out of your subconscious and a big, a big, uh, a key chapter is what do you do with the really painful thoughts? Cause you know, there's, there's listeners that have been through trauma and some of that stuff may show up in a meditation session. And if you're not ready, that can be really difficult to, to process um, hurt pride. I mean, whatever you struggle with, bad memories, they, they may confront you, but it's an invitation for really deep healing. Yeah, yeah, that's completely true. And there's, you know, um, when I went to my first silent retreat um, and oh, in meditation, yeah. right, I was sitting there and I hated it. I hated it so much. And then they finally had a Q&A, um, you know, where you could finally talk. <laughs> so I raised my hand and um, the teacher chose me to ask my question. And I said, what do you do if you hate this? And he started laughing. And it was like a sincere, like gut laugh that I, he's like, and later he told me, he goes, that was one of the most honest questions I've ever had. <laughs> and he said, that's your practice. And I didn't understand it at that time. I was like, that's my practice to sit here and suffer. But then I finally got it that I was like, oh, that's the practice. You just notice those thoughts that come bubbling up. And, and that's so true. Also, what you said about the that psychological issues and things coming up, especially if you've been through trauma, which I've been through a lot of trauma. So yeah, my first retreat was very like, oh my gosh, all these things were coming up. And um, I, you know, in doing my research about it, I found that I think it's really important for somebody to have, if they are diving into meditation or centering prayer or whatever form of meditation they want to do, that it's so important to have 
support in a coach or in a therapist or someone like you, a pastor, that you can talk to about all of these things that are coming up. Yeah, it's a, that's a, just a good word. And, you know, I, I, one of my favorite prayers is, you know, God help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. It's got that trick ending, right? You don't, yeah. not, if, if you've grown up in religious, a lot, there's a lot of shaming. You're not expected to hear the beautiful part, but uh, and, and that's in these, these, uh, the centering prayer moments, you see the best of yourself, but then the, the powerful thing is you also see the frightened parts of yourself, the shame parts, the guilt parts, the fearful parts. And so you can also say, Lord, help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how terrible it is too. But it's, you, you get to see the whole thing, but yeah. you're, but God loves you anyway. And, and, you know, so folks can find some over time again, it's over time. And these aren't quick promises, real healing. I've, you know, you yeah. went to a silent retreat. So you've seen uh, some things like I've, I do group centering prayer sometimes from for students that are interested and i've had people burst into tears doing it which again that's kind of rattling at some level but you know it, it can be pretty intense depending on kind of how open a person is and how quick a person's able to really lock in is probably the wrong language but really get, be able to sit and get comfortable with the method of just seeing what comes out of um out of your own you know out of your out of your mind yeah in acceptance and grace Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful quality when you can see like humans are just multi-dimensional, multifaceted, good and bad, both sides of the coin. Right. So I yeah, love it. Yeah. Beautiful. And the practice, like what you said earlier, there's, you just realize that there's this continual unfolding that happens and you finally get to a point where, well, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, there's no there to get to. Like, this is just the life's work. There's always going to be more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's such a great insight there too, because I'm 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 like a, I'm a very driven, um, you know, very uh, goal oriented person, and so I always for a long time I just thought, okay, one of these days I'm gonna get to the last layer of that onion, but there's always more, and so it's like, uh, you know, so now the attitude is kind of like, how far can we get versus mm -hmm. are we there yet or whatever? So it's just uh, it's really interesting. It's amazing. Yeah. How it's beautiful. And I like I make my practice in the morning I wake up and I it, I guess it is kind of like a centering prayer because now I wake up before I even get out of bed. And I just say I pray I do a little prayer to my creator and I say use me for love for goodness wow. to spread the good the holy and the beautiful today. That's good. Yeah, and I try to do it every day and just show up. <laughs> like we said earlier, showing up back to showing up. So Brian, where can people find you and find your book? And, are, and do you offer coaching to the public? And if so, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. If, if you're interested in my book, uh, you can, it's, it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon by under my name and under the, you can look Centering Prayer, Brian Russell and find it. If you're interested in getting some instructions on Centering Prayer, I have a website right now, centeringprayerbook.com that, you know, you give you your email and I'll send you some information and some videos. And if folks are interested in coaching, uh, drbrianrusselcoaching.com is my coaching website. And, you know, I'd be happy to uh, get inquiries and have uh, conversations if I could be of any help to other people. Cause again, that's my, you know, my goal basically is to show up. I love your, your opening prayer. It's like, I just want to show up and be an ambassador of abundance to every person that I meet every day. Oh, that's beautiful. What could be a more beautiful life purpose than that? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to order your book and I can't wait to read it. I love well, this you. whole idea and it, I'm sure it will open up my eyes and my mind to something new that I'm not familiar with. And I, that's my favorite thing when people can change my mind. I love that. So Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. This was a beautiful conversation. No, you're so welcome. And it's a real privilege and it's so great to meet you. And thanks to your audience for listening here all the way to the end of this. Thanks, Brian. 
You've been listening to The Powerful Creator Show with Cheryl Joya Sosnowski. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to be a guest on The Powerful Creator Show, go to thepowerfulcreatorshow.com and schedule an interview or get yourself on podmatch.com and look for me there. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful, blessed day.